0: gathered in love and service for justice and peace. My friend Margie was working as a political activist down in Florida on a statewide measure that would reduce the amount of air pollutants that utility companies could release into the atmosphere. This being Florida, Margie had great success mobilizing senior citizens who were incensed at the health problems caused by dirty air. However, When preparing to meet with state officials, Margie realized she needed to diversify her activist troops. She contacted all the local schools, hoping to come and speak. But schools were shying far away from controversial issues. Finally, Margie found one school that was eager to have her come. After giving her talk, Margie was thrilled at the enthusiastic response she got from the teenage students. Many of them joined the campaign, and were tireless signature-gatherers and phone pollsters for the cause. Impressed, when it came time for Margie to meet with state legislators, she invited the creme de la creme of the teenagers to join her. Well, the day for the meeting came. Margie and the teenagers, nervously on their very best behavior, met the state representative, and they laid out all their statistics, and they utilized their very best arguments and their persuasive skills. But the legislators looked bored. Finally, she interrupted Margie Spiel and said, Why do you kids care about this anyway? Why are you spending your time on this stuff? Okay, so time out. I forgot to mention that the only school willing to have Margie come speak was a juvenile detention center, a center for kids convicted of violent crimes. Kids who had done jail time, a center full of the kinds of teenagers who don't normally get to meet with the state legislatures. Back to our meeting. One tall, broad-shouldered young man stepped forward. I care he said, because I have asthma. Hell, everyone I know has asthma, and my little sister has asthma so bad that she can't play outside most of the summertime, and I am sick of it. What the power companies are doing, it's not right, and it's time they stopped. He took a deep breath, and he continued, look, I used to get mad at stuff, I used to get mad and I would set stuff on fire or make things explode. I used to do that because I was so mad. I was so mad at the world. And I felt like I couldn't change anything. But now I know I can. Now instead of dirtying up the air with my smoke bombs, I'm fighting the big guys who are messing up my community. I took all that mad and I put it into this campaign. This is the power of righteous anger, channeling the energy of rage into change. Now, just to be clear, I am not a mellow person preaching the power of letting it all go. I'm not going to tell you to take more deep breaths and to go to a happy place. No, my message is the opposite. Get mad. Rabbi Zelik Plilskin said in his book, anger the inner teacher that anger can signal us that an injustice is being committed and motivate us to speak up and take action to right the wrong the challenge is not getting so angry that we feel overwhelmed feeling powerless in the face of so much injustice as the reverend dr martin luther king said in a 1956 article with the new york times if we are arrested every day If we are exploited every day, if we are trampled over every day, don't ever let anyone pull you so low as to hate them. We must use the weapon of love. Don't become so angry that you can't see beyond your own smoke bombs. Being a Christian minister, perhaps King was thinking of Cain when he made that remark. Cain certainly couldn't see beyond his own anger. A popular figure in three of the world's most prominent religious traditions, Islam, Judaism, and Christianity, Cain is an archetype for the destructive power of rage. The story goes that Cain and Abel, twin brothers and the children of Adam and Eve, both made sacrifices to God. God preferred Abel's sacrifice, and Cain was so filled with jealousy that he killed Abel. Because of his crime, God curses Cain. His fields are barren, his forehead is scarred, and he is no longer in the presence of God. Cain's uncontrolled anger ruined his life and separated him from the divine. And the, church of the, and the clergy of the Church of Latter-day Saints preach that Cain still wanders, unable to die, cursed, for committing the first murder. Many who have gone before us have felt the anger of Cain. They were afflicted by jealousy or unfair circumstances or just an unjust world. However, sometimes that anger has motivated them to create change. Cecilia Munoz remembers that she was around 17 in 1980 when a guest having dinner at her family's home brought up the wars occurring in Central America. As Bolivian immigrants, Cecilia's parents were well aware of the conflicts, and they wondered if the U.S. would intervene. The guest said he thought that if the U.S. went to war in Bolivia, that she and her family should be interred in camps, just like the Japanese had during World War II. In her essay, Getting Angry, she said, Now this is someone who knew us, who had sat at our table and knew how American we are. We are a little exotic, maybe, but it had never occurred to me that we were anything but an American family. For my friend, as for many others, there will always be a doubt as to whether we really belong in this country, which is our home, enough doubt to justify taking away our freedom. My outrage that day became the propellant of my life, driving me straight into the Civil Rights Movement, where I've worked ever since and propel her it did. Now Vice President at the National Council of La Reza, Ms. Munoz has worked to promote immigration rights and to reduce poverty and discrimination against Hispanic Americans. Her work is so meaningful that Munoz was named a MacArthur Fellow in 2000. Gandhi, Rosa Parks, Malcolm X, Gloria Steinem, and the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Julia Butterfly Hill. Ralph Nader, all got mad and all made change. Not that channeling this anger doesn't exact its toll. Once we begin to work for justice, we see that for every person we help, there are far more that we cannot. Ms. Munoz says, I am deeply familiar with that hollow place that outrage carves in your soul. I've fed off it to sustain my work for many years, but it hasn't eaten me away completely. Maybe because the hollow place gets filled with other, more powerful things like compassion, faith, family, music, the goodness of people around me. I too have felt the deep, hollow place carved out by our outrage. In 2003, I joined over a million activists in the March for Women's Lives in Washington, DC. Riding in a bus full of strangers, we traveled overnight from Ohio to the Capitol, arriving tired but enthusiastic and just in time for the march. The streets were full, full of women and men and children supporting abortion rights, but the police barricades Barely held back, the furious anti-choice protesters lined up on the sidewalk. They chanted that we were murderers, baby killers. They thrust horrific pictures at us and waved rosaries over our heads. And all around me were strangers. Not a single familiar face. We moved like a choked river after a torrential downpour pushed nearer and nearer to those who cursed us until we were just inches apart. I was overwhelmed by the insults. I was disturbed by the hate. And I was overstimulated by a crowd that I could not see above or around. I wanted out. I wanted to go home. The hate had washed over me for too long, and I couldn't see any escape besides hiding. And then... And then... I remembered love. I remembered my mother and my grandmother who were so proud of me for traveling to this march. I remembered the members of my UU congregation who were somewhere in the crowd. I remembered that by the next day, I would be home, surrounded by compassion, faith, family, music, and the goodness of people around me. I rediscovered my righteous anger and marched on, my hollowness filled with love. Avoiding anger is just as impossible as avoiding injustice. It's what we do with that anger that counts. Anger can destroy our lives like it did Cain's. Anger can hollow us out until we want to hide. Or it can transform us into catalysts for justice, our hollows filled with love. May we all go forth, turning away from indifference, channeling our anger into change, remembering to fill the hollows of our frustrated pain with love, turning our smoke bombs of rage into a future of justice. Amen and blessed be.